But at the start of harvest, when there's that real vibe around, we've got some backpackers coming in and everybody's, yeah, helping out and there's music playing in the shed and there's, you know, it's, it's that bustle. Like, it just feels really fun and exciting and I love that. And I think, you know, picking avocados is just so lovely and therapeutic and it's just such a nice thing to do. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Katrina Myers and her husband Tim farm at Barham Avocados on the Murray River in New South Wales. It's Katrina's family farm, but she wasn't always sure she'd return to it. As it turns out, she loves the beautiful green haven they've created in a mostly arid area. And she's also a huge fan of the avocados they grow for themselves and lucky consumers. Okay, Katrina Myers, and the name of our farm is Barham Avocados. And as the name suggests, we grow avocados. We also run some sheep, we grow a bit of pumpkins, and we've grown some rice opportunistically and a little bit of cropping. But the main enterprise is avocados and the other stuff is just really water dependent and opportunistically. The farm is, it's 10 kilometres outside of the little town of Barham, which is on the Murray River. And it's very, well, we think it's fairly beautiful. It's a, it's a nice spot in the world and it's, it's actually, it, the farm is beautiful because mum and dad set it up really well. So it's my family farm. It's a really great childhood, the farm life. And I think that's why Tim and I really you know, ended up back on a farm and back on our farm was because we, we both grew up on farms and so we knew just how wonderful that is as a kid. It's very, you know, there's a lot of freedom. It's very safe, a lot of adventure and it's it's it was great fun. You know, we had I grew up riding horses as well as a big horse rider. Mum is mad into horses and um, so I grew up riding horses every day and we'd go on horse, you know, horse rides out the back and, and it was, yeah, it was a really great childhood actually and lots of... Lots of freedom, I guess, which you don't, and, and just, you just so sort of appreciate as a kid, but now as an adult, I really do. And when mum and dad came here in the late 70s, it was, they took it over then or moved here to sort of run the farm um, at that time. They planted a lot of trees and I can so appreciate that now because it makes the farm look so beautiful and they planted a lot of native trees and they really established this beautiful sort of garden and surrounds where the house is. So the farm's quite beautiful. In what is quite an arid area, the farm is really lovely because of that. And then we've got the beautiful avocado orchard as well, which is just really, really magical. The trees are just gorgeous and the rows are really nice. So in what is otherwise quite a sort of a yeah sort of expansive kind of very flat area we have a gorgeous sand hill with the avocados on it and then a lot of native um, bush around the border as well so there's a gorgeous creek that is the boundary of the farm and so it's quite lovely in an otherwise sort of very flat and plain sort of area I guess although the river is beautiful and the, the town of Barham's quite nice with the river and everything so yeah a lot of farmers grow up on the land before embarking on other professions. Sometimes, not always, they end up as primary producers again. Katrina shares her journey back to the family farm. Yeah, so that was a big journey, I guess. So sort of, I went off to boarding school and then university and then we're traveling the world. Tim and I traveled the world. So we met when we were in our, when I was in my early twenties, he was kind of mid twenties uh, and we went traveling and we lived in the UK and sort of traveled, like use that as our base. Cause Tim used to be, he was a vet before he retired and became a farmer. And so it was a great gig for vets at that point. Uh, you could go over there, you got a house and a car and all your bills paid and paid really well. So I basically just sponged off Tim and did, you know, got paid four pounds an hour to work in garden centres and pubs. 
And, yeah, we based ourselves in the UK and did travel all through Europe and just, you know, had a great time basically with lots of our friends and it was the best. And then we came back to Australia for a little while and we both worked in different jobs. I worked in agronomy and Tim was working as a vet. And then we sort of both had this idea that we'd really love to go and experience something different again and and a different culture. Like living in the UK is quite similar to living in Australia in a lot of ways. And so we're like, we really want to go somewhere completely different. So Tim ended up getting this job in Bangkok for the World Society for Protection of Animals, which is a bit of a mouthful. And we moved to Bangkok. So we got married in the April and our honeymoon was basically a year long honeymoon in Bangkok. And we stayed there, yeah, 12 months. And then I got pregnant while we were there. So we decided to move back home and we went, we actually moved to Young in New South Wales because it was kind of close to where Tim had come from and he had there was a vet practice there that was a great vet practice and we thought well let's go there because we really had no idea at that point where we wanted to be moving back to Australia and we were there for a couple of years but I think we both just had this epiphany moment where we both realized that we really wanted or just thought that we would end up on a farm and we sort of just both went oh well we never we're not gonna be able to afford to buy one round young land prices were very high there and so we'd both come from farms and we thought well how about we look at the two farms that we've got in the family as an option? And we ended up coming back to the avocado farm because mum at the time, so my dad actually died when I was 15. So mum had been farming by herself and she was sort of ready to move on and do something else. And so the opportunity was here. We loved avocados. We sort of thought, oh, how they're kind of fun and we could value add and do all these fun things. And we really love this community. So we moved back here and that was in 2011. And we've been here ever since. There are so many crops you can grow and livestock you can tend. How did Katrina's family land on avocados? It was my gorgeous grandmother, Gwen Hines, who's mum's mum, actually. It was all her idea. And she basically said, I'll give you some money to plant some avocado trees. Now, unfortunately, she's not alive anymore. And I would love to ask her, like, why on earth did you think that they would even be able to grow here? Because as you say, at the time, they were very much a luxury product and very sort of you didn't really hear of them very much so it was all her idea and she said I'll give you some money to plant some avocado trees and so they did and they just planted like a hundred of all sorts of varieties there's Hass, Wurtz, Gwen, Fuerte, Bacon, Ah, I think that's the main ones they had and it was really just a hobby you know there was a hundred trees here because the main enterprise was it was sort of like cattle and lucerne and, and mixed farming and you know family would just come and pick them when they were ready and they really had no idea about how to grow them or anything it was just sort of you know a bit of fun. So it was all Nen's idea, which I know that she would just love now that we're back here because she was quite a, you know, she's quite a spiritual woman and, and I think she would have think that was all her idea and it's lovely that we're here now sort of carrying that on. And it didn't become the main enterprise until actually after Dad died. So after Dad died, Mum sort of looked at like what she could manage on the farm by herself and she sort of thought, well, avocados, you know, that could be something that I could do. So she then sort of expanded it to turn it into the main enterprise on the farm. And then we have then sort of developed and taken that on more. But it's really the the kind of agronomy and the research and the knowing how to grow avocados, particularly this area, is still relatively new. They, they were grown in Queensland more so prior to that. And so all the, you know, we've really had to learn a lot over the last 12 years since coming back here in terms of how to manage them and 
it's been a, a roller coaster ride, but it's great. We love it, and they're such a great fruit to grow, and they're just so good for you and everything. So it was all Nen's idea, really. Now we've got 8,000 trees across two sort of farms because we ended up buying another block as well, just another sand hill, and so now we've got 8,000 trees across those two blocks. We're all pretty used to seeing avocados, but how many of us know what avocado trees look like? Katrina shares the ins and outs of the avo. Yeah, so they're actually beautiful big trees. Like they actually one of our sort of things is to try to keep them a bit smaller because they get enormous. And so they're a beautiful big leafy green tree and they're beautiful and green all year round. And the life cycle where we are here, the fruit actually is on the tree for 12 months. So in Queensland, they have a shorter growing season, but because we're a cooler climate down here, they actually, so yeah, set fruit, they're setting fruit now. So they're flowering now and setting fruit. And then we won't pick that fruit until September next year. So it's a really long growing season and it's, yeah, there's a lot to get through to get an avocado from sort of flowering to budding, you know, and then that whole journey to actually being able to pick them because we've got to get through really hot summers really cold winters and it's quite a challenge but yeah it's it's, so it's quite a long process to get them from fruiting to actual production and picking them so there's a lot of management that goes into them we have a big focus on soil health and a big focus on tree health and so it's just maintaining maintaining that all year round basically and that has to the the avocados are quite not temperamental is probably not the right word, but they're not like, they're not very unified. So every tree sort of is different in some ways. So it's not like just a blanket kind of approach. There's, they're really sort of, yeah, specific to how you grow them. And so, yeah, a lot of soil health, a lot of mulching. We have a really big focus on really growing the soil microbes and having really beautiful soils. And then just, yeah, tree management, tree health, uh, they get sort of copper sprays they get all sorts of things and all sorts of treatments throughout that 12 month period to get them to that point of production and I should also mention that it takes it used to take about five years to get um, to fruiting from the trees like to get production commercial production but now we can it's in about three years so from when they're planted it's about three years until you get to start picking that fruit there are lots of different types of avocados some of which are quite hard to get to market Katrina shares her personal favourites and explains why it's not a supermarket staple. I probably love them all, I have to say, but the absolute favourites are the reeds. So you won't see the reeds that much in the supermarkets or, you know, commercially. So Queensland can't grow a very good quality reed because of their shorter season and they have more pests and diseases and everything up there. So the reeds seem to be more susceptible to that. And the Avocados Australia have put a lot of emphasis into growing Hass. So Hass is the one that you'll see in most places and then maybe Shepherds. Uh, So we have Hass as well. And they are our main variety because they're just a bit more robust and that kind of thing. And and they're easier, like people sort of know the Hass and they they change colour when they're ripe. So it's kind of easier to manage. Whereas the reeds are these big, beautiful, round, bowling ball avocados. They look like emu eggs, people say. And they're just creamy and delicious. And we can grow a beautiful quality one. And they're everybody's absolute favourite. Like, everybody hangs out for the reeds. And they're just, just the best avocados. And then we also have... So, there are two main varieties. Hass being the main one and then reed, sort of secondary. Even though it's our favourite, but they're just not as kind of well-known, I guess. So from a commercial point of view, the Hass are the, are the ones that sort of tend to take over. And then we also have Bacon Fuerte 
Wurtz and Ryan, but only like a tiny amount of those really. And the Bacons are the really thin skin. They're quite sort of flaky and fiddly to use, but they actually have a really delicious flavour. And then the Fuerte is sort of that classic old avocado, the really pear-shaped ones that people might kind of recognise or think of as the traditional avocado. So, yeah, but absolutely our, the reeds are our favourites. So, Growing is one thing. Getting to market is quite another. How do Barham avocados find their way to consumers? Yeah, it's really, i got to say it's quite challenging. And it's we're sort of in this, it's like we're in the messy middle now. It's just, I mean, Tim and I talk about this stuff all the time. We were just talking about it earlier and saying this, we're sort of not, we're not small anymore and we're not, obviously not massive. We're kind of in that middle zone where we've got enough production now, which we sort of went down that path to get to a stage of having enough fruit that we could, you know, be viable. But then you're sort of at the mercy of the supermarkets in a lot of ways because you've got so much fruit. That's the only way you can, you know, uh, sell it. So... We've tried lots of different things. When we came back to the farm, we were all full of enthusiasm for direct sales and we're going to do farmer's markets and we'll sell direct and we'll value add and we'll do all this stuff. And then a lot of that was a lot harder than we thought it was going to be and we realised we didn't want to spend our weekends, especially with tiny kids, at farmer's markets because we're not close to any farmer's markets. It was a lot of travel. We're having to head to Melbourne on the weekends and it it just wasn't for us. Uh, so we tried the farmer's markets and we did that for a little while. We d- sold direct to chefs, which was also great, but had its challenges as well. You're dealing with a lot of different people and you've got a lot of different, you know, invoicing and chefs have very high demands on what they want from you and high expectations. So there was a bit of educating there around, you know, getting them like not ripe fruit because obviously avocados don't ripe until you pick them but chefs are wanting them ripe and, and we don't really have the capacity to manage that here it's really hard to like manage that ripening process so it was better for them to do that and then we did we, we did oil for a while but it's also quite challenging like getting avocado oil out of avocados is quite a process and you're not guaranteed to get the oil and it's it's a very lengthy process but that was that was great and then I guess because avocados were worth so much just as avocados for a while, it didn't. we didn't justify value-adding it. So it was, just wasn't worth doing all this extra stuff, spending extra money to value-add to it when the product itself was worth so much. So we just went more for more of a wholesale model, which definitely has its challenges. And it is, as the price of avocados decreases, as there's more and more avocados in production, because, of course, everybody thought, oh, avocados... Are so high, let's all plant them, which then brings the price down. And so now we're in the situation where the price is dropping and the supermarkets are getting, you know, more and more difficult to deal with, I would say. Like just their expectations are getting higher. They'll take less fruit with skin markings, you know, and the price is dropping and all the things that we know happen when you become a price taker. But at the same time, it's the situation that we're in and we kind of have to have that a bit. But we're also at the same time now looking to how we can start to do more value adding. The challenge is it all costs money. The you know you can't just go and develop something. It's got to be at a certain like you've got to see that it's going to be scalable and it costs money to get the equipment and everything to do the value adds. But yeah, we're certainly looking into all of that stuff again now, and we're selling direct. We do sell. We used to have a subscription model, so we sold the avocados direct online through Australia Post, and. Australia Post stopped doing perishables for a little while, but they are actually doing perishables again because apparently they did a backflip on that. And so we've been starting to sell them again through just courier companies this year, but we're going to use Australia Post again for the reeds, which we're very excited about because it means we can get them to so many more people. 
Yes. I know, and I'm so excited that we can get that going again, actually, because it's just, it is really fun to be able to send avocados in the mail to people. It's such a novelty, and it was, yeah, I, I do love doing that. It does take, obviously, it's a lot of extra work and stuff, but it's it's a lot of fun being able to send them direct and through Australia Post. So, yeah, it's just so good. And you know, like, that they, because we send them out hard green, so you ripen them yourself as well, which is also, like, that's that'll help you get a better quality avocado, because if they've been through, who knows, yeah, how far they've been to get to a super market shelf and then you know the ripening process they might have sped that up and then everyone's touched them so it is such a better way is for you to get them hard grain ripen them yourself and then enjoy just a perfect avocado that's just come straight from us it's it 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 makes a lot more sense katrina myers puts her heart and soul into growing her fruit but farming is never easy what are her biggest challenges with her avocado enterprise? The things that really frustrate us is the standards. You know, so things like tiny skin markings, which we know 100% does not affect the quality of the fruit inside. Like our fruit, I mean, we that's the fruit that we eat. What, what's classed as kind of chuck out fruit is what we eat. So it might have a skin marking that's, you know, not doesn't qualify for the supermarket shelf, but it's still perfect on the inside. So that's the stuff that really frustrates us the most. And you'll get like penalised so much on price just because it's got this kind of what seems like a tiny skin marking really so that's the bit that I find hard and I know Tim does as well dealing with uh with the supermarkets and and because because there's more and more fruit they've just got more and more flexibility to say nah we're not going to take that like they've sort of got to rule the fruit out somehow because it's too much so they just keep raising their standards so that that's the most frustrating part in the last 12 years, we've had severe drought, severe floods, water shortages. We've had hail. We had a massive windstorm. Pretty much everything you could imagine we've had. And I think that's pretty standard for, for farms. And especially in a 10 years, you know, we've been here for what was over 12 years now. So it's like you will experience that full range of things. And, you know, we've had like the worst droughts and the worst floods in that 12 years. So, yeah, we've definitely had all of that. But, you know... I think life is how you view it and it's like it's how you respond to things versus how you react and Tim and I think partly because we've had such a worldly experience and we've been off and done so many other things we have really came to farming with that view of well we have to make the best of this we know the challenges we know the risk we both grew up on farms if we're going to let weather events and you know all these detrimental things get to us then we're not going to keep doing it and we sort of both often have those conversations around like if it gets too stressful and if we're too if we don't enjoy it anymore and if it's causing us too much stress then we have to go and do something else like if we can't keep that attitude about it then it's not worth doing and we just love it so much. Like, we do love the life here. And especially Tim, like, I've seen the change from him going from being a vet to being a farmer. He just, you know, loves it. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really hard days too and financial struggles and all of that that comes with farming. But we just try to really keep that good mindset and that good attitude around it overall. And that's what, you know, and come back to that. We just love it here and we love that we get to bring our kids up in such a beautiful place. Surely an avocado farmer can give us some wild and crazy ideas on how to eat avos. What are Katrina's favourite ways with her crop? I am really basic when it comes to my avocado consumption. I eat them pretty much every meal and it'll be like avocado on toast at breakfast time, avocado in the salad at lunchtime and then I have them on bickies before dinner or just half an avocado with oil and salt and pepper and just scoop it out like that. I always have this memory that's how my dad used to love them as well was the half an avocado with just the oil and salt and pepper. And the kids, you know, it's like the best first baby food. You just take 
an avocado with you, chop it in half and give them the half, you take it anywhere. And the kids just love it. And you sort of feel like you just tick the box as a great parent because they've eaten all of like a healthy thing for the day. So yeah, for me, it's just the really simple ways. And then I do sometimes use it in cooking. Um, so like brownies and you can use it in that. Oh, mousse is another really good one. But generally for me, it's just the really basic, you know, with eggs on a weekend and all that kind of stuff. It's just that, yeah, but I do eat a lot, a lot of it. Oh, and in my smoothie, that's the other way I always have it. Like in the mornings, I always have a, or a lot of mornings, I'll have a smoothie, green smoothie, and I'll just add avocado to whatever kind of smoothie I'm making. As farmers, there's a lot of variety and it can be hard to predict what's around the corner. Katrina tells us what a good day on the farm looks and feels like for her. Well, no two days are the same, that's for sure, which I love. And I guess a good day on the farm, to be honest, like harvest harvest goes for a long time, uh, but it's I love that vibe of harvest. And I'm not hands-on anymore. Like I'm not down in the shed packing the fruit or doing any of the hands-on stuff, but I'm just around. And I do love that vibe when everybody's, especially at the start of the season because everyone's all excited. By the end of it, which is now, like this week we're finishing, everyone's like, all right, we're done, we're so done. But at the start of harvest, when there's that real vibe around, we've got some backpackers coming in and everybody's, yeah, helping out and there's music playing in the shed and there's, you know, it's, it's that bustle. Like it just feels really fun and exciting and... I love that. And I think, you know, picking avocados is just so lovely and therapeutic and it's just such a nice thing to do. And, you know, something that I'm really proud of with our business is that we have a really great culture for our staff and everybody who works here just loves it. Like Tim is just the best boss. Everybody says he's the best boss and he's just such a great guy to work for and he just creates this really nice environment for people. And even our full-time staff, they just, they just love it. So that just brings me a lot of joy to think that we're creating a place that people enjoy coming to because it's pretty like the packing of the avocados can get pretty mundane but they still really enjoy it so I think that's really nice so yeah probably just the start of harvest is my favorite time on the farm. Avocados are a fruit bowl staple for so many Australian households so it's quite hard to imagine that they were virtually unknown here until the 1990s. Katrina Myers is committed to farming on her patch in New South Wales and sending great fruit around Australia. Along the way, she's loving the life she's offering her family and enjoying her crop with every single meal. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.